guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Zeke Said So Show. This is the one only show we talk about all things movie news, video games, comics, television, and all that sorts of good stuff. And wow, do we have a big, big packed show for you today. We got a bunch of movie news, we got a bunch of uh, news topics to talk about, some main, some great main topics to discuss. Then we got to review uh, episode two of House of the Dragon and a little movie called On the Count of Three, which if you've seen my Instagram, you know what I think of this movie, but I'm going to talk about it uh, right here, right now. Uh, not Well, not right the second, because we got to get through our main topics. And then we got a bunch of Q&A questions uh, in, uh, to, to get through. So without any further ado, let's not waste any time, and let's jump right into it. Um, so our first main topic we're going to talk about is this. We got our first poster and our the the official poster and official trailer for Weird the Al Yankovic story which is the new uh fi- which is the new film based on is a biopic semi semi autobiographical biopic based on uh based on Weird Al Yankovic. And uh, Daniel Radcliffe, of course, is going to be playing uh, Weird Al in this film. Now, the poster that came out for this uh, is really, really cool. It's got Weird Al playing what is uh, uh, performing live at a, at a concert. Uh, and it's a really cool post- poster. Um. And this film will be dropping on the Roku channel uh, for free um, on November 4th. And the film will make its premiere at the 2022 Toronto International Film Festival on September 8th, the day before my birthday. And that is awesome. I'm going to be hearing some really good buzz coming out of uh, the Toronto International Film Festival. So let's not waste any time, guys. Let's watch the trailer together, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, uh, I'll give my commentary on it, and then we'll talk about it more in detail afterwards. I love the fact that Weird Al is playing the uh, music executive. My whole life. All I wanted. I'm afraid we found your son at a polka party. <laughs> make up new words to a song that already exists. Oh. Well, you should do that then. <laughs> I love that. And Dwight from The Office is playing, uh, is, is going to be in this movie. we got to find you a stage name. Al Yankovic. It's long, it's hard to pronounce. So I'm just going to throw this out there. Weird. Al Yankovic. <laughs> I love it. I love Rocky Road. I love that. I love that song. Who you are. Thank you. Oh, down. You can't smoke in here, dude. 
totally deserve that. Okay, so let me talk a little bit about this trailer. Um, number one, the, <laughs> this just uh, Daniel Radcliffe is the perfect guy to be like. After seeing this trailer, I am now fully convinced that Daniel Radcliffe is perfect uh, for for Weird Al uh, Yank, for Weird Al Yankovic. Um, it, it seems like he's going to be giving us a lot of. Uh, the personality and all that stuff. Um, also, one of the things that surprised me about this trailer is is that it actually, at its heart, at its heart, is going to be a satire, and at its core, it's not going to be this oh, 100% factual thing. It's it's going to be a fantasy almost. It's going to be this like fantastical version. Uh, this fantastical version of what really happened. And that's the thing that excites me most is that this isn't going to be like, at least I'm hoping, I hope this is not like a Bohemian Rhapsody where it's like, it's like, Oh, we're going to give you the real story. Yeah. We're just going to hide most of it and just show you a bunch of recreations of concerts or, or rocket man, which promised us that in the trailer, but rocket man, even the rocket man did the same rocket man, like a majority of that movie was basically just like Bohemian Rhapsody 2.0, you know, like it didn't have that fantastical edge. I'm really glad that this film looks like it's going to have a more parody, like, you know, similar to similar in a lot of ways, similar to how Weird Al's music is, you know, you listen to Weird Al's music. It's not like, you know, he's, He's just doing a cover version of his of his music. No, 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 no. He is taking the songs themselves and parroting, um, and parroting them, and that's I think that's really cool. And I, 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 I just oh gosh, I can't wait to see this. Movie. I can't wait to watch it. I just oh, I get more and more excited for this movie every time I hear every time I hear about it. And I've must have watched this trailer so many times just because I think it's just such a really well done trailer um by far the funniest bit in the trailer was when he meets up with madonna and then they start hooking up like that that <laughs> that makes me laugh so every time i watch it it kills me every single time i don't know why but it does um so yeah i'm i'm really excited for this i can't wait uh and uh hopefully it turns out good all right Let's move on to the next topic. The next topic we have is this. WandaVision director Matt Shackman has exited Star Trek 4. Um, of course, um, Shackman was the director of, uh, Wanda, of some of the episodes of WandaVision. And now he is on his way to do Fantastic Four. Uh, at least... It's not officially confirmed that he's doing Fantastic... At least I don't believe it's officially confirmed that he's doing Fantastic Four. He's definitely in talks, though. Um, he's entering negotiations to direct Fantastic Four. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about that choice uh, uh, in a little bit. Um, but he has jumped off of Star Trek. Uh, this comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter, and they wrote the following... Uh, Shackman, who was set to helm a Trek movie for Paramount, has dropped out due to scheduling issues as he is jumping to Fantastic Four from Marvel Studios. The movie was a top priority at the Melrose Avenue-based studio and was dated for a December 20, uh, 22, 2023 release. Uh, and that comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter. Paramount Pictures uh, did put out a statement, and they wrote the following. They said, they said this. Uh, Matt Shackman is an incredibly talented filmmaker, and we regret the timing didn't align for him to direct our upcoming Star Trek film. We are grateful for his many contributions and are excited about the about the creative vision of this next chapter and look forward to bringing it to audiences around the world. Uh, and that comes to us from Paramount Pictures. So we now don't have a director for Star Trek Four. So, what are my thoughts on this? Um, well, first of all, let me let me 
talking a little bit about because you know the whole reason why he's jumping off of Star Trek is that he can do Fantastic Four. What do I think of him doing Fantastic Four? Well, I talked a little bit about this on the Web Sooners podcast last weekend, and and I had said um, I I'm okay with him doing Fantastic Four mainly because um, he is very much in the Marvel fold. He's he knows these characters and he knows a little bit about where Marvel wants to go as far as storyline goes. And I think he's going to do a, I think he's going to do a really good job. I loved, I loved WandaVision. WandaVision is my favorite Marvel Disney plus show still. Um, and, uh, and I'm really excited to see, um, to, to see how this plays out. But him leaving Star Trek, um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I, like, I, I watched, because here's the thing. Look, you guys got to understand. I am not the biggest Star Trek fan in the world, okay? I'm, I am way more of a Star Wars fanboy than I am for Star Trek, okay? I'm not a big Star Trek guy. Uh, I've loved one movie from Star Trek. I loved one movie, and that was um, The Wrath of Khan. You know, um, Star Trek 2009 was okay. Into Darkness was okay. Star Trek Beyond it was okay. Like, like for me, this new era, this new, this this ver- this Star Trek series has just kind of been okay. Not good, not great, um, not amazing, not groundbreaking. It's just been okay, you know? And I just don't really, you know, I'm not falling on my knees, you know, screaming at the heavens, no, no, Matt Jackman's not going to direct Star Trek 4. No, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Because, because, okay, let's let's just face it. I'm not doing that. Um, but it is very surprising to see that uh, to see that Max Shackman. Uh, I mean, it's not surprising that he left to go do a Marvel movie for this. But it it does surprise me a little bit that um, that honestly, I did, I honestly didn't even know that he was attached to Star Trek. Like I, I honestly didn't even know if, that he was uh, attached to do the fourth film. I, I always thought that was Quentin Tarantino, but I guess Quentin Tarantino is doing a, a is, suppo- is supposedly doing a different Star Trek film. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I, I, look, I'm sure Star Trek Four will find its new director. I mean, this this similar thing happened uh, with with Star Trek Beyond. I mean, after Star Trek Into Darkness, J.J. Abrams left to go do Star Wars, and Star Trek Three had to go find a, a different uh, a different director, and they found one with Justin Lin. Um, so I'm sure they'll find one. I'm sure they will find a new director for Star Trek Four. Um, uh, I don't know who that is. Um, I don't know who it could possibly be, but um, I'm sure they'll find. I'm sure they'll find one to. They'll find somebody to do it. All right, let's move on to the next one, and the next one we have is this: uh, U.S. theaters will sell three-dollar tickets uh, for National Cinema Day. Um, so National Cinema Day. Uh, will be on September 3rd, and they will be, and it's basically going to be a big event that gets people back into the theaters. Let's read, let's read more about it. This comes to us from Variety, who wrote the following. Uh, the Cinema Foundation, a nonprofit branch of the of the National Association of Theater Owners, announced the announced the event on Sunday. According to the Associated Press, uh, National Cinema Day will take place this Saturday, September third, at more than three thousand theaters across the U.S., compromising three 
30,000 or so participating screens for ref, uh, for ref, <clears throat> let me try that again, or so participating screens. For reference, there are about 40,700 theater screens in the country. And that comes to us from Variety. Um, and then uh, this comes to us from the Cinema Foundation president, Jackie uh, Brenneman. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And they, and, uh, and they said this. After this summer's record-breaking return to the cinemas, we wanted to do something to celebrate moviegoing. We're doing it by offering a thank you to the moviegoers that made this summer happen. And by offering an extra in, in, enticement for those who haven't made it back yet. Um, and that enticement is movie tickets that are going to cost three dollars. Movie tickets that are going to cost three dollars. And it's not just movie. Th it's not just movie tickets. Three dollars for popcorn and all other concessions. And. They're not even going to upcharge you depending on what format you want to see it in. So you want to see a movie in IMAX this week? If you want to see uh, Jaws in IMAX this weekend, which I'm definitely going to, if you want to see Jaws in IMAX this weekend, guess what? You don't have to pay. You don't have to pay like twelve or four. You don't have to pay twenty bucks to see it in IMAX. You can. You only have to pay three dollars to see it in IMAX. That is fantastic, and this is a brilliant way of bringing people back to the theaters. What have we been saying ever since the COVID pandemic, out, uh, the COVID pandemic, ever since we got out of the pandemic, ever since movie theaters opened, we have been talking about how can we, how can we get people back to the theaters? How can we get how can movie theaters? What what can be in? And one of the biggest incentives that you can offer. To bring people back is by lowering ticket prices, is by actually putting down a, a an event that says, hey, come to the theater, your ticket will be $3. This, and I'm telling you right now, this, this Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, September 3rd, oh yeah, the theaters are going to be packed this, this Saturday because tickets are going to be $3. The movie tickets are going to be $3. And that is fantastic, you know. Like, I I go to I go to a uh, I go to a Regal Theater, and they're and they are just promoting this thing like crazy, and you know Regal could definitely use it. So if you um, have a Regal Cinemas movie theater near you, please go support your local Regal Cinemas movie theater because out of any of the theater chains, Regal Cinemas needs it because they 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 just. Uh, filed for bankruptcy recently, and they could really use the money. So go support your Regal Theater. But all in all, man, I, I just think this is a fantastic idea, getting more people back to the theaters. I have been hoping that movie theaters can survive this because the movie theaters is like my home away from home. It's it's like my it, – it is my one outlet that I can truly be myself. And who, where I can truly just go there and escape. Like, I don't even, even if it's a bad movie, I could still go there and have some kind of an experience, you know? Um, I just saw 3,000 Years Longing last weekend. And the presentation was beautiful, you know, because I got to have that opportunity to escape. Even though, even though there are aspects to that movie that I didn't really like, it, it allowed me to escape. I was able to watch that movie and go, you know what? I'm able to get sucked into this world. And it's just, it is, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in love with this idea. Um, I'm surprised they're not making, they're not doing it all weekend. I kind of wish they would do it for the entire weekend, considering that it is Labor Day weekend and most places are going to be, um, uh, having a three-day weekend, I, I I would suggest that they would uh, do something like that, but but they're not. And you know what? They're doing it for one day. What can I say? So, all right, let's move on to the next topic. And the next topic is this: Chris Rock has uh, turned down the job to host the Oscars next year. Um. Yeah, so uh, there was 
we all know about the infamous slap. You know, you know what? Actually, you know what? While, while I'm on here, let me let me try and let me find that video. It's got to be here somewhere. It's got to be on the wonderful YouTube's. Uh, aha, here it is. Hardest job tonight on the air, Bardem, and his wife, Sia. <laughs> and here it is. He is praying that Will Smith lands like, please, Lord. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> <laughs> this, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh -oh. We all know this event. We all know this this infamous. Oh yeah. Yeah, we all know what we all know that incident. You know, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. Anyway, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we all know that infamous event. Well, while Chris Rock was, we hadn't heard much from Chris Rock. After that event, you know, we heard a lot from, uh, we heard a lot from, uh, Will Smith. Will Smith put out his apology video, apologizing to Chris Rock and apologizing, uh, to the Academy and all the people who were there. But we hadn't heard much from Chris Rock. Well, Chris Rock has indeed talked about the fact that the Academy did offer him a, did offer him uh, did make him an offer to host the Oscars, and this is what come. This is what was what was reported uh, from Screen Rant, who wrote the following. Screen Rant wrote this during a packed stand-up set in Arizona Sunday night, as reported by AZ, by on by AZ Central. Uh, Rock addressed the Oscars incident and revealed that the academy revealed the academy has reached out to him with an offer to host the Oscars in 2023. He declined the offer. Rock expressed no desire to return to the Oscars in the near future, comparing himself... Now, this is Chris Rock's words, not mine. Comparing himself to O.J. Simpson's ex-wife returning to the scene of the crime. Okay, that's actually pretty funny. But anyway, sorry. Um, um, no disrespect, to, no disrespect to, to, to the victim involved in that incident, but... It's Chris Rock. I'm sure Chris Rock made it funny. Um, also, he, Rock also revealed that a major company asked him to be in a Super Bowl commercial, but he also declined that opportunity. Now, a lot of people have asked me, Z, what do you think about this? What, what Do you think Chris Rock is right to de decline this de these offers? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's right to do to do so. Because guess what? Chris Rock is probably feeling so much embarrassment for what happened at the Oscars. Think about it. When you get slapped in the face on live television over a very innocent joke. And yes, I will say this. I have heard far worse jokes said at the Oscars. I have heard far worse said at the Oscars, okay? And hell, and hell, Ricky Gervais gets away with saying so much at, uh, at the Golden Globes, okay? I've heard way worse come out of Ricky Gervais's mouth. Having said that, like, like, how would you feel if you got on stage on live television, let's say it wasn't even the Oscars. Let's say it was your stand-up routine on Comedy Central. I don't know. Let's throw that out there. Let's say if it was your comedy special on comedy on the Comedy Central uh, on the Comedy Channel. Okay, you sit there, you tell this, and then you tell a joke about you tell a your mama's so fat a your mama's so fat joke. You say that joke, all of a sudden, this 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 young kid who's probably 23, just at the show with his mom, gets up on stage and punches you in the nose, giving you a bloody nose. 
you would feel pretty damn embarrassed and you wouldn't want to show your face on live television again. And that's the same with Chris Rock. Chris Rock would, does not want to show his face on live television after Will Smith very stupidly did what he did. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him whatsoever. So, no, I, I don't think Chris Rock is wrong to decline to decline that. Now, does it suck? Yeah, because I love watching him host the Oscars. I love watching him host it. He's done it twice now, and I thought both times he's done it, he was amazing. Now, granted, I didn't watch the, the first time. he I, I wasn't watching the Oscars religiously the first time he did it. Uh, the first time he hosted, but I, I went back and watched his monologue for the first time he hosted, and he was really good. And then the second time he hosted, which was one that I was watching, he was really great doing that one too. So, you know, I it does it bum me out? Yeah, but I, I'm not surprised that it, that it happened. Okay, let's go ahead and let's move on to the final main topic we have here, here today. And our last main topic we're going to talk about is this. Jordan Peele has, is ta- talks about a possible sequel to Nope. Um, so Jordan Peele has been doing interviews about his newest film, Nope. Um, and uh, he was interviewed recently about a possible sequel. Um, I guess there was a character that, is, that was in the film that uh, uh, that's... Uh, let me see. Uh, well, let's 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 bring up this. Uh, uh, let's let's bring this up here. Uh, okay, so this this uh, this uh, this this uh, was part of an interview with the New York Times, and uh, and he was asked about a character listed on. Now this now what I'm about to read is from Deadline. Deadline wrote the following. Uh, in an interview with the with the New York Times published on Monday, after being asked about a character listed on IMDb as nobody who was caught who has caught the attention of the internet, while Michael uh, Bush Bush okay, I'm butchering that name and I apologize uh, is credited there with the role the care with the role. The character isn't one that appears in the film, even if he was depicted in its final trailer. Um, And then Jordan Peele said the following in that interview. He said this. uh, People are doing a lot of interesting detective work is what's going on. Uh, The story of that character has yet to be told. I can tell you that, which is another frustrating way of saying I'm glad people are paying attention. I do think fans will get more answers on some of these things in the future. We're not over telling all of these stories. It says, and that comes to us from Jordan Peele. What, what do I, what do I think of this in particular? Do I think Nope deserves a sequel? I mean, personally, if you're ask if you're gonna ask me, do I want to see a sequel to Nope? I'm gonna say yes. I do want to see a sequel to Nope. Do I think we're gonna get one? I don't think so. I think Jordan Peele in the past has been pretty adamant that he likes telling original stories, and that's not to say he can't tell one within this Nope universe. I mean, hell, M Night Shyamalan was able to tell original stories in his unbreakable universe you know yeah you know when you watch unbreakable and then you watch split split is a very different movie than unbreakable i mean hell nobody even knew that split was even going to be tied into unbreakable until they actually saw the movie you know it wasn't until they saw the movie is when they realized oh this is connected to unbreakable we got ourselves a little shared universe going on here so, so for me, I I think you can tell original stories if they're part of in of in, if they're part of this uh, universe, um, and especially if you're doing a sequel. You know, sequels are an incredible way of doing something new and fresh. Um, but at the same time, you could fall into a Hangover Part Two situation where you're just doing the exact same thing as the last movie. 
you know, and I hope they don't. If they do make a sequel to to Nope, I hope they don't go down that path. I hope they don't say, well, well, let's just do the same thing we did last time. Let's just do the same exact thing we did last time. And I, I Jordan Peele is such a fantastic writer and director that I don't think he's going to go down that direction. You know, and I'm sorry I, I turned your voice into the troll voice, Jordan Peele, because you're not a troll. You're an absolute genius, and I respect you. Um, but, you know, I know a lot of trolls on the internet who would be like, well, Zeke, nope, doesn't deserve a sequel. It was confusing as, as shit. Nope was confusing. You can't make a sequel to a movie that's so confusing. No, it's... If it's confusing, then you weren't you obviously weren't paying attention, Dick. Um, so, look, Jordan Peele, in my opinion, is such a fantastic writer and director, and he's such a genius storyteller that I don't think he's going to. I, I really don't. I don't think he's going to give us the exact same movie if he does make a sequel. So there's that. All right, guys. Let's jump into the review segment. Before we get into the Q&A questions, let's go ahead and jump into the review segment. We got a couple of things to review. Let's talk about House of the Dragon Episode 2. Holy shit, this episode was great. Um, episode 2, I think, because Episode 1 was all set up. This was all setting up the basis for what we were going to get. Then we jump into Episode 2. This is where the story kind of starts to kick in. I will say, um, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but one of the, uh, gosh, what's that? Let me bring up the cast of House of the Dragon real quick. I'm trying to see if I can find these, uh, find the... Oh, yeah. Okay, so, um... Uh, Cor Corliss, uh, Valeri Valerian, uh, Corliss Valerian, um, so when, when, I will say, it was a little creepy that, uh, uh, Corliss wanted to, um, have the king marry a 12-year-old little girl, that was a little creepy, um, and I will say, it is a little creepy that the king now wants to marry someone who looks like she's 15, um, um, obviously this show is not, uh, is not, a, you know, George R. R. Martin, uh, kind of wrote a series of books that's a little creepy and a little bit disturbing, but, um, <laughs> hey, I mean, that's back in the day, I mean, that's, uh, but, you know, you look at it through 2022, uh, eyes, it's a little creepy, what can I say? Um, so that so so that aspect I, I was a little grossed out by uh, watching it uh, for the first time, but I will say the rest of the episode was fantastic. I loved uh, furthering the the relationships uh, between the king and uh, how do you pronounce her name? Gosh dang it, I'm gonna butcher this 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 poor character's name. Uh, uh, oh God, hold on. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this uh, this character's name. Uh, Re Renee Rain Rainera. Okay, I can't talk. I can't pronounce that name. I I'm sorry. I can't. Um, but you know, I love the development between the king and his daughter, and kind of their development, and the fact that they that the idea that they established that you know, because if you saw episode one, of course, the king's wife died. Um, so, um, the fact that they hadn't spoken since the the queen's passing is 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 incredible. Um, I the more I see this show, the more I love Matt Smith's character. Um, Damon, uh, Damon Targaryen. He is so, you know, somebody on, somebody, uh, had, uh, had, had shared this on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but somebody on Twitter wrote, you know, is it just me or is Damon Targaryen kind of, kind of give me scar vibes from the Lion King? And I'm sitting there like, yes, that's so true. He kind of does give off that, that Hamlet. Uh, Lion King's uh, Uncle Scar type of vibe to him, and I I I just think he's great. 
Um, that moment where they're kind of where they're having their little standoff at Dragonstone, and you know, uh, Renera comes in on the dragon and basically says, you know, go ahead, kill me, you won't. And of course he doesn't. Um, and I love that. I, I, I. There was just there, other than, again, other than being grossed out by the 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 by a uh, uh, Corliss get, uh, trying to you know you know push his twelve year old daughter daughter to marry a an old man like that's creepy as hell uh, you know i still oh i still get grossed out every time i think about it oh gosh oh sweet lord i i get i oh ill ill i can't think i can't even think about it but um it grosses me out <laughs> um it does that's you know it's creepy um but other than that this episode was great this episode was great now a lot of people have asked me do you like this more than Game of Thrones? I can't say that. I can't say that right now. Because I love seasons one through six of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones season one through six are phenomenal. It's season seven and eight that kind of uh, fell off the rails a little bit. Um... So, if if House of the Dragon can go on for six seasons and it it ends up getting to that, then I'll be like, okay, uh, yeah, I I I'm like, okay, yeah, I do. Um, I now, but I I just don't know. Like, for all I know, I might watch the rest of House of the Dragon and think it is just as bad as Game of Thrones season seven and eight. You know, I just don't know. I have no idea. So I just have to wait and see the rest of the show. So um, I am very, very looking forward to the next episode. Uh, very excited for that. Um, and I'm so excited to talk about Lord of the Rings. I can't wait to talk about it when I finally watch it because I haven't seen it yet. And I'm so jealous of those who have had to see it. So anyway, let's talk about the next thing I got to review. Let's talk about On the Count of Three. Let, let's not even wait. Let's not even... On the count of effing three. On the count of effing three. Now, I'm just going to... Uh, let's see. On the count of three... Uh, trailer okay i'm gonna play the trailer for on the count of three and um and uh we'll talk a little bit about the movie itself once once we once we do um i'm gonna, I'm gonna do i want to play the red band trailer uh, i'll play the, the i'll uh, yeah I'll, we'll, we'll 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 play the green band trailer let's we'll, let's do that Okay, let me let me actually read this before we start watching the trailer. This trailer contains subject matter related to mental health and suicide. If you or a loved one is in crisis, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK or the crisis text line, uh, text TALK to 741-741. To talk to someone who can help. Now, um, yes, if you know somebody who is struggling with suicide, please uh, go and visit that uh, that suicide uh, the suicide the the suicide prevention hotline. Um, let me just see if that is the correct one. In my suicide prevention. Um, yeah, so so definitely go and uh, I think it's now th I th I think it's I think it's now three numbers. Uh, I think it's now, uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's now three. Uh, I I got here a uh, nine uh, eight eight. So if you know someone who is struggling, uh, please feel free to to get them the help they need because uh, 
because like I said, the tr- the the movie I'm about to talk about does delve into this subject matter, and it's very disturbing. So please make sure you uh, contact that if you know someone or if you are struggling, uh, if you or a loved one is is in crisis um, and is struggling. Please make sure they get you get the help that you need. So let's go ahead and watch this trailer. Let's go ahead and watch this trailer, and then we'll talk about the movie itself. The song is great. seen the trailer let's talk a little bit about the movie itself now the trailer i just played for you guys okay kind of almost portrays it almost like it's a comedy that is delving into the topic of suicide and while yes there is humor in the film this is most definitely not a comedy this is a very dark and very depressing movie, and it's very hard to watch. You know, it's a very hard movie to watch. But it's my favorite movie of the year. I think this movie is probably the most uh, respectful way you can portray uh, a movie about suicide. It It is a... It's a, it's a film that, weirdly enough, despite its subject matter, actually has quite a bit of um, heart to it. Um, the, the chemistry between the two friends is fantastic. Um, the, the writing is smart. It's very, the writing is very clever. The editing was good. The cinematography, the the direction, it, it was all really, really great. Um, I, I just like I was blown away when I saw the when I watched it for the first time because it really is a movie that if if you were to pitch this to a studio saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna make a movie about two friends." Who are are about to kill themselves, and you know they they have one la- and they're trying to have one last day. Any studio would be like, any other studio would be like, no, we're not greenlighting that. That's crazy. But they did, and they greenlit it. And you know what? It's a great. It is fan fucking tastic. I loved it. I loved it. Now, is it? Do I think this is like? like in the 
look, I say this as somebody who has seen it. Um, I've now watched it. I have watched it twice. I, I watched it twice on Hulu. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a movie that, yes, it's dealing with a heavy subject matter. And, again, I must reiterate, if you or a loved one is, 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 is going through something like that, please reach out to somebody. Please reach out to get help. Because it, it is – this is a thing that people go through in everyday life, and it's a very sad thing to, to watch. You know, the, they, they said it at the end of the trailer, but, you know, suicide is kind of the leading cause – is one of the leading causes of deaths um, in America. You know, like, like – and it's just, it's just so depressing. It's, it's a very sad, very sad thing that happened. But – um this movie I think portrays it in a very respectful way and doesn't you know it's not like they it's not like it's not like you um you it's not like you're watching this movie and they're just oh yeah let's just make joke 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 there is some humor in it there's some there is some jokes and and there are some funny bits to it but at its core, this is a movie that is really portraying a the darkness of what somebody, of what somebody who, of what a person is thinking, and 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 what, it, and it's really in a, a a it really brings up a discussion that that Joker kind of brought up too, a, a discussion about mental health, and and we need to bring and bring in more awareness to to mental health is is that and that's that's kind of what this movie tries to to talk about um the performances are fantastic i mean hell uh, tiffany haddish was wonderful in this movie tiffany haddish was wonderful in this movie um jb uh, what, gosh what what's his name uh j uh, uh j uh, is it jb smooth Smooth, uh, yeah, JB Smooth. He, he's great. He's great in the movie, and I didn't like him in Spider in any of the Spider-Man films, but he was great in the movie. Um, uh, Harry Henry uh, Winkler is in the film. He's small role, but he's in the film, and and he even does a good job. Uh, you know, and then uh, Jared Car uh, Jared Carmichael, who, uh. Who not only uh, was the star of the film, but he's also the director of the film, and I and I I'll be honest, I'm very impressed with the directorial debut here. I think it's a very impressive uh, directorial debut, and I also want to give credit to Ari uh, Catcher and Ryan Welch who wrote the screenplay. Uh, Ryan Welch, uh, who uh, you know doesn't have a big a big line of credits he wrote some uh he wrote uh some uh, like a tv a tv series that ran for that ran that he he wrote uh he directed some episodes of a, he wrote some episodes of a tv show um but yeah no this is a this was such a fantastic film so much emotion, uh, very much, uh, has, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just such a wonderful movie. And, and again, it's not an easy movie to watch. Like I can imagine this movie being on a list with like Schindler's list as a movie that you can watch one time but I can see someone not wanting to watch this movie again because it's a tough movie to sit through. It's a very tough movie to sit through because it is a it is very depressing. And yeah, the movie portrays it as this comedy, but it is most definitely not a comedy. It is a drama through and through, and I think it works and excels at that. So... I love the film. I think it's an excellent uh, exploration on mental health and brings awareness 
to something that is a rising problem, especially in the United States, especially in America. This suicide is a massively growing problem, uh, and uh, yeah, I just think it's uh, it's <sighs> yeah, I'm I'm just shocked by how much I love this movie. I'm I have not been able to just like stop talking about it. It is my favorite movie of the year. And weirdly enough, it is a movie that actually gave me some hope. Because if a movie like this, a movie about two guys who who make an agreement to kill to help each other commit suicide. If a movie like that can get greenlit, I have a lot of scripts that I've written and a lot and there are people who have read it, people who are in the industry who have read them and have gone yeah, I don't see anybody greenlighting these movies. I just don't see it. A movie like On the Count of 3 gave me hope that yeah, no, my scripts can my scripts can get greenlit. It's just going to take the right person to trust me and the right person to say, "You know what? I think this can work." So I I love this movie. I don't give scores for movies anymore. But if I had, but if I if I ha- if if you were to ask me a score out of ten, it would be a ten out of ten. Like it's perfect. It is a. I have. I don't have a single issue with this movie. I just I loved it. So, all right, guys. With all that down, the main topics, the reviews. It is time that we uh, get into the Q and A questions. But before we do that, it is also time that we take the classics. Zeke said so commercial break. So sit back, relax. The Zeke said so show will be right back. Thank you so much for listening to this installment on the Zeke said so podcast. I wanted to remind you guys that the Zeke said so podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple podcast, Amazon music, pocket cast and stitcher. Uh, if you are listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a review on the feed, preferably a positive review. It helps more people see the show, and it helps us grow and continue to give you this amazing content. Also wanted to remind you guys that, that you can check out the Zeke Said So written blog. Go to zekesaidso.wordpress.com, and you may find the Zeke Said So podcast in a written blog. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Zeke said so and on Instagram at Zeke underscore said underscore so. And one more thing, if you would like to support the show, you can find a link in the description of every podcast we put up to our listener support feature. Once you get there, you may donate any amount. And for those who do, you will receive a special shout out right here on the podcast feed. Not a mandate. You don't have to do you don't have to do it. But it does help us out a lot. And you guys are also supporting the show just by listening to this amazing content. Now, with that down, let's get right back to the show. All right, and we are back with the Zig Zedzo Show. Let's go ahead and get right into the Q&A questions. If you guys want to send in the Q&A questions, you can do it anytime, 24-7, uh, over to my Instagram at Zeke underscore said underscore so. Uh, you can also send it in through the Zeke Setso website, zekesetso.wordpress.com. You, and you'll be getting your question on the show. And, uh, yeah, I will read it uh, right here on the show. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Uh, question number one. Hey, Zeke, love the show. Thanks. Uh, what is a movie that you liked when you saw it but got worse on rewatch? And what is a movie that you didn't like but got better on rewatch. So a movie that got worse on rewatch and a movie that got better on rewatch. <sighs> a movie that got better on rewatch, I can't even think of I, I don't even know. Like I can't really I can't really think about I can't think about <sighs> I'll tell you one that got worse on rewatch and it's a movie that actually ro- Robert actually kind of talked me into giving it, talked me into watching it again so that I could understand how bad it was. Uh, Suicide Squad 2016. 
I remember when I first, if you guys watched my review, for those of you who have been following me since 2016, you guys know I gave Suicide Squad a positive review. And then I rewatched it. About a year later, I rewatched it. After Robert kept telling me, hey, you need to rewatch this movie. You need to rewatch it. You need to rewatch it. I'm telling you, it's bad, Zeke. Rewatch it right now. And then I rewatched it. And I I was like, wow, I can't even finish this. This is so laughable. Not laughably bad. It's just bad. And maybe that had something to do with the Warner Brothers interference. Maybe the Warner Brothers interference had something to do with it. But I don't, I don't know, man. I thought that movie was bad. And it, it just, that movie got worse on rewatch. But as far as a movie that got better on rewatch, I, I again, I, I would have to really sit down and think about that. Because I can't really think about that at the moment. All right, number two. Is there a possibility we could see Ben Affleck's Batman movie in the future, or do you think that Michael Keaton is the Batman of the DCU? Um, no, I, I think Ben. I think any chance of seeing Ben Affleck's Batman movie is done. Is is there's no chance, um, and I think I do believe Michael Keaton is the new Batman of the DCU. Okay, uh, what do you think of all the drama between Shia LaBeouf and Olivia Wilde, and do you think it will impact? Don't worry, darling. Um, yeah, so for those of you who don't know what he's talking about, uh, Olivia Wilde came out and talked about why Shia LaBeouf was quote-unquote fired from Don't Worry Darling. Then um, Shia LaBeouf came out in an interview and basically said, I wasn't fired from Don't Worry Darling, I quit the film. And had emails and, and, and video messages, basically proof, and text messages proving that what Olivia Wilde said was, was false. Do I think this will impact the film? No. No, I don't. Because, in all honesty, the only people who care about this are the TMZ, are the hardcore TMZ bullshit fans. You know? The people who care about celebrity drama, that's those are the ones who 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 care most who care most about this. The the average movie going audience who's just gonna go see Don't Worry Darling just because they think it looks interesting, it's not gonna impact them one way or the other. So I don't think so. Alright. Will Avatar the Way of Water beat the first Avatar's box office numbers? No. I think it's gonna come real close. I think it's going to come close. And I do think it might beat Avengers Endgame's numbers. But I don't think it's going to come anywhere near. Especially since they're re-releasing the first Avatar movie in theaters literally this month. So yeah, no, I don't I don't see that happening. Alright, thoughts about the films, The Raid and The Raid and Raid 2. Um, I like them. I think they're great action films. They, they're some of the best examples of how to do how to film action seriously they really are so uh number six was the invitation really that bad i've heard it was quite enjoyable i don't know who you're hearing that from because i thought it was an utter pile of shit um i thought it was such shit um i i thought it was so it is look all all movies john campia always says it on his show Movies are subjective. There are going to be movies that I hate that you like. There are going to be movies that you hate that I like. There are going to be movies that 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 I love that everybody else in the world hates. We all have those movies, okay? But for me, The Invitation is by far the worst movie I've seen so far this year. It's easily the worst film I've seen this year. It is horrendous. And look, I have—I'm one of those people. I respect the the filmmakers involved, and I'm sure they tried their hardest to make the best movie they can possibly make. But my gosh, the the writing was terrible. Uh, the movie feels like it's basically copying other horror thrillers. Like a good chunk of this movie feels like it's 
ripping off the movie uh, Get Out. Um, Jordan Peele's Get Out. A, a huge chunk of this movie feels like it's it's ripping off Get Out, and uh, yeah, it's it's terrible. And and my God, there's a scene at the end of this movie. You know what? Fuck. It. I'm gonna spoil it. Okay. I'm just gonna say something. There's a scene at the end of this movie where the 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 main character becomes a vampire and basically starts kicking everybody's ass. All of a sudden, she beats one guy by doing a karate kid crane technique at this dude, and it was so funny. I laughed my ass off watching that. So yeah, no, it was it was really bad. It was very very bad. So. All right, number seven. I finally watched Everything Everywhere, and I thought it was fantastic. Oh, good for you, man. Uh, what do you think are the chances that it gets some love this upcoming awards season? Um, honestly, I don't know just because I haven't seen – like, there are a lot of movies that are talked about getting a lot of buzz for awards season – so I don't know. I would have to really. I, I mean, I would hope it does. I really do hope everything everywhere. Like, if we were handing out, if 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 the Oscar nominations were announced today, I think everything everywhere all at once definitely should be in consideration for best picture. If the Oscar nominations were coming out today, but because we don't know everything else that's coming out for the rest of the year. I have to. I have to kind of not not talk. I I can't really say what its chances are. So, all right. Uh, question number eight. Out of the five Michael Bay Transformers movies, which one would you say is your favorite and least favorite? Um. Well, my favorite I would say is Transformers: Dark of the Moon. I really love Transformers: Dark of the Moon. I think it's really really great. I think it is. For me, the most out of the Michael Bay ones, because easily the most accurate Transformers movie we've ever had is Bumblebee, but that wasn't directed by Michael Bay. That was Travis Knight. Um, <laughs> um, for me, out of the out of the Michael Bay Transformers movies. Transformers 3, in my opinion, feels the most like what I wanted the Transformers movie to be. You know, just seeing Autobots and Decepticons just beat the crap out of each other. That's what I really wanted to see from a Transformers movie, and I got that in Transformers Dark and the Moon. Um, does, does, it, does it have the best dialogue? No. Does it have... Are the human character... Is the human story, once again, very boring? Yeah. But that third act is one of the best third acts I've ever seen in the movie. Like, I love the third act of Dark and the Moon. Least favorite is easily Transformers The Last Night. Because not only is that movie bad from a script level, but from an action standpoint, a cinematography standpoint, uh, and acting, you know, just everything about that movie sucked. And I literally hated my life watching Transformers uh, the last night. I really hated my life after watching that movie. Like, I, oh, God, I have nightmares thinking about it. So, yeah. I would say favorite of the Michael Bay Transformers movies, Transformers Dark of the Moon. Least favorite of the Michael Bay Transformers movies, Transformers the last night. So, uh, number nine. What streaming service do you think will pick up Batman Cape Crusader animated series? Um, probably Netflix. If I had to get, if I had to take a guess, it will probably be Netflix. All right. And the final question, guys, what upcoming podcast show are you most excited to start? Oh man, that's so hard. I'm excited to start all of them, but the real answer is all of them. But if I had to, if I, if I had to give you another, if I had to give you the answer that you want to hear, uh, probably throwback Thursday, just because I swore up and down that I was never bringing that show back until I had a co-host, but I found a really cool way to do it without a co-host, and I think it's going to work. I think Throwback Thursday is really going to work. This new version of it is going to work. So I, I, I'm very excited to, to kind of talk, 
to kind of do that show. But honestly, I'm excited for all of them to start. I'm really excited for all of them to start. So, um, well, guys, that will do it for this week's episode of the Zeke Setso Show. Thank you so much for for listening. Um, if you guys like this podcast, please make sure you share it and subscribe to the podcast feed. Um, I think you guys should subscribe to the podcast because Zeke the Geek said so. And I will talk to you guys later. Peace out.